Hey, Luke, have you been looking for a new Daily Fantasy Sports app? You know, I have really been jonesing for one. I got the perfect one for you, Thrive Fantasy. Thrive Fantasy is a new DFS app for prop bets. They have streamlined the drafting process and eliminated the need to do unnecessary hours of research by using only top-tier athletes. Instead of the traditional salary cap format, you build your lineup around a list of prop bets. For each contest, you need to choose 10 of the 20 prop bets plus two ice picks that protect you from any late scratches or postponed games. Each unique prop has an over and under point value assigned to it, and you will be rewarded that point value if that prop is correct. For example, your man, Mookie Betts, will he have over or under one and a half RBIs? The less likely the prop is to occur, the more points the choice will be worth, and you build your team score around the amount of correct props you select. Got that? I got it. All right, so go check out Thrive Fantasy. If you use the promo code, Bring in the heat, or bring the heat, B-R-I-N-G-T-H-E-H-E-A-T. When you sign up, they will match your first deposit of up to $10. So you deposit $10, you have $20 to play with now. Go check it out. I know that we've already had some people reach out to us about their success. They've won some of their latest, uh, I would say, bets. So go check it out. That's Thrive Fantasy, one of the best and newest Uh, daily fantasy sports apps out there here we go Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Bringing the Heat podcast. This is episode 43, and it's your host, Zach, and Luke is back. How's it going, Luke? I'm good, I'm good. This is 43. Did we skip 42 in general, or we paying dues to uh, Jackie Robinson? What are we doing? No, we did 42. That was the one that I did uh, by myself, and then I made it the Jackie Robinson edition. Uh, But But we didn't talk about Jackie Robinson at all. Um, but so Luke is back. Um, also things have been freaking crazy. So only one episode really in the last two weeks or sorry, two episodes in the last two weeks, things have been crazy. I was down in Georgia. Luke's been busy with work. Things have just been hectic. So, uh, next week, hopefully get back on the wagon and do, uh, some, do two episodes next week, but things are just crazy man things are getting busy and you know not not for the podcast but in our personal lives <laughs> that, that's very true it's been uh it's been hard uh I, I forgot you were even going to georgia for that wedding yeah yeah i was in georgia for four days let me tell you though georgia is beautiful if i could oh, move oh i know if i, I could move it. back there or if i could move there i never lived there if i could move there oh my god it would be it would be awesome i mean the, the pay I've, uh, I've hung out in Savannah for like a day, and I've driven through it twice. Yeah. Can't say I hate it. Can't yeah. Say I hate it. We were in Commerce, Georgia, which is right outside Atlanta, and um, beautiful. I mean, it was so, I mean, all just huge ranches, so open fields with big houses and really, really cool. Um, and a lot of them are old, like 
like old, oh, like they got the old style, like architecture and all that. Yeah. So, so the one that we were at, the one that we were at, it, it had a lot of history. Like it had the original house still on the on the property. Like you have to drive past the original house, and it's like wooden, like super, super, super small. Like no electricity. Really, really cool. Like it was, it was awesome. I, I'll have to send you the video because I have the. I have the video on my phone. It, it is amazing. Cool. Yeah, it was really cool. And so, I mean, awesome down there. It sucks. You know, those of you that know me, I'm a teacher. So teachers get paid garbage down in the South because a lot of those states aren't part of a union. So I could never move down there because I would get paid terrible. But maybe one day. So you could, maybe you could retire down there. Who knows? Maybe. Um, so we're going to call this, this episode, the, the traveling home from work edition, because that's what Luke is doing. Um, straight from the car right now. It's a hot box. I don't have the AC on. Yeah. And he's coming from Jersey. It's that traffic can be bad. That's going to be a good one today. You guys are going to, you might hear me screaming today. Um, and some horn honking, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I I almost just witnessed a, uh, a motorcyclist die. He was popping a wheelie and he lost control, but he, uh, regained it. And we're good. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I wanted to start with, so this is another thing. Going forward, you know, I'm kind of over the start with baseball, go to football, go to MMA. Like, I'm kind of sick of that. I'm more of a let's just wing it, have conversation and talk, and wherever it takes us, it takes us. We don't have to hit on every single point about every single sports topic. I want to talk about the things. I feel like if we did that today, this would be a five-hour episode because there's just so, there was like a lot. Yeah, I it mean, was, there's yeah. well, especially because we haven't done a lot of episodes, so yeah. we've missed so much stuff. I'd rather just talk about the stuff that interests us, that's most important, and just have conversation about it. And so the first thing that I really wanted to talk about was the Brock Lesnar thing. So I know we normally <laughs> end with we normally end with UFC, but I feel like this is kind of some of the bigger news and especially for us, especially for you being a huge Brock Lesnar fan. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's so weird. So and I, I don't know if you read this, but I read somewhere that so you remember when Lesnar went into the cage after Cormier had beat yeah, Stipe? Yeah, that little staged little beef thing yeah 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 so they did the ufc admitted that that was staged i you could tell that was staged bro that was, that was so wwe man yeah i mean i i think as as a uh, true fans we knew that it was staged but like those people that don't really watch it were probably like oh man this is for real and, and it wasn't um and now brock lesnar and they have hyped this brock lesnar stuff like cormier's wanted to fight him um, yeah. John Jones has wanted to fight him, and he's done. Now he just comes out and says he's done. Um, and Ariel Helwani has said that uh, he thinks that Lesnar is never coming back. Like that was that was it. He's officially done. But it really came out of nowhere because everyone had said he re-entered into the testing pool. He did. He's been getting tested since uh, January second. That's when his first test was. Now, and I don't. They haven't released any of the results because, you know, I, I, I mean, if he did fail, I'm sure he would have got popped and they would have released those results. But he looks good, you know. He looks like he could still go, like still fight. He lost about like 50 pounds and right now he's just he's been shredded for a while because before he was just like that brolic fat just chilling in the WWE, you know. Yeah. But now he's, he's like not skinny. 
skinny, but he's like in shape. So that's why I kept saying, yeah, it's happening, it's happening. And Cormier kept saying he wanted the fight to go, but just push came to shove, and then that's it. You know what I think happened? Because uh, Vince is like, he's not scared of losing all his talent, but, you know, this new AEW wrestling's coming out with Cody Rhodes and uh, Kenny Omega and all that. And there's reports coming out saying that, like, he doesn't want his talent leaving the roster for other promotions anymore. So he's been offering, for example, he offered the uh, the Revival, a tag team in the WWE, he offered them each, five hundred, both of them, 500 grand a year for the next five years. Hmm. Just to keep them. And they said no because they didn't want to be, like, used incorrectly. And rightfully so. Um those guys feel like they're the best tag team, but I think that's what happened. I feel like Vince just offered, you know, Brock an astronomical amount of money to stay in the WWE. And it's funny, because you said I'm such a big fan of Brock Lesnar. I love Brock Lesnar, the athlete, but I hate Brock Lesnar in the WWE. I, I think that most people who watch WWE, and I, I don't really watch it much anymore, but most people cannot stand Brock Lesnar in the WWE. I mean, don't get me wrong. I like him. I like his character. I get it. He's supposed to be like the, you know, the beast incarnate. He just messes everybody up. But at some point, man, you got to be on TV if you're going to be the champ. This dude was the champ on Raw for like the last two years, and he was on Raw maybe like seven times total. You know what's so funny is I don't even watch wrestling, but the one time I put on Raw and he was on there. <laughs> yeah. But I think it was right before a pay-per-view. Yeah, he only does, like, the big four pay-per-views. He does SummerSlam, Survivor Series, Royal Rumble, and WrestleMania. That is it. And he'll do an occasional uh, Saudi Arabia event because now they got that contract until, like, 2025, I think it is. Yeah. And uh, that's another reason why they were aiming for August to be the Cormier-Lesnar fight because Brock is scheduled for the June 7th Saudi Arabia event. Do you think that, do you like Brock Lesnar, the first coming of Brock Lesnar, or do you like Brock Lesnar, the now, better? In the WWE, or? Yeah, yeah, in WWE. Because uh, they're two different guys. Like, the one that, like, when he had the beef with, I think it was Kurt Angle, right? Like, yeah. that guy, like, that was totally different than the guy now. Yeah, I'm going to go with early Lesnar, definitely, because he was more of a character. He had more of a personality. Now he, honestly, all he does now is he stands in the ring, bunny hops all over the ring, and he has Paul Heyman do his talk, and that's it. Yeah, I... I... And he only does, like, three moves. He does the F5, which is his finisher, the German suplex, and a shoulder tackle. That is all he does, bro. That is it. But if you watch Lesnar matches, like, when he first came in, this guy was doing, like, um, moonsaults, and he was doing like, bro, this guy—he was the total package when he first got there. How much but do now, you? He gets paid a lot. If that's what you're about to ask, no, a lot. no, I was gonna yeah. ask. How much do you think that botched uh, moonsault messed with his his career as far as maybe doing more high risk stuff? Um, that definitely played a part in it because you never see him really go on the turnbuckle anymore. And if you do see him go on the turnbuckle, it's those. It's that moment in the match that gets to the pinnacle where the crowd's like, oh, he's going up top, you know? Yeah. But he's just going to get, you know, somebody's going to hit the ropes and he's going to fall and hit his nuts on the turnbuckle. That's all, he, that's all he does. And then he gets, like, superplexed off. But that's it. He doesn't, like, jump off or nothing. 
Not, he does nothing outside of those three moves. I would love to see Brock Lesnar do like uh, flying elbow from the top rope, like even Dude, something like that. <laughs> I would love to see him do that moonsault that he did. Well, I don't, one more time. Yeah, I don't one think that will ever happen. No. I mean, uh, honestly, I if if I fell on my face and destroyed my neck, I probably wouldn't do it either. Yeah, I wouldn't either, but. He tried playing football after that, so how much could it really have messed him up, you know? Yeah, it's true. Vikings, right? Yeah, yeah. Didn't he get into a fight with some, with someone? Yeah, he made it to, like, the final cuts, and then he got into a fight with with one of the guys. <laughs> I, I think it was uh, Kevin Williams. Oh, that's hilarious. Yeah, I remember that. We were pretty young. That was a long while ago. 2005, I think? Yeah, that's, that, that's hilarious. Um, I do remember that, though. And you know what else I wanted to bring up as well, now that we're on WWE and MMA is I didn't realize how much of a beast Bobby Lashley was in MMA. Dude, he's 14 and 2. Yeah, he was. If he, he doesn't really fight like big guys, but like he fought Bob Sapp. Well, I mean, I know Bob Sapp's kind of like a baby now, but he's older. And, you know, he's. But Bob Sapp in his prime was a beast. Like, you remember like playing the Pride video games, like the yeah. UFC, and they had the Pride guys? He was a beast in pride, man. And Bobby Lashley made him tap out due to punches. He was like, nah, I'm, I'm good. I'm done. Yeah. Lashley was yeah. a monster. I would love to see those two go at it. I think I that I was watching Lashley's highlights, and yeah, he, like you said, he didn't fight big names, but like his his highlight tape is pretty legit. Like he's yeah. he's got power, and he's he had a quite a bit of submissions as well. He's cl- and he's clean. He's never been popped. He's a massive dude, too. He's, like, scary massive. It's, like, unproportional. Yeah. Kind of like, like a bodybuilder, you know? Yeah, I was but bored at work. Yeah, he's huge, man. I was bored at work, and I was looking up. Because I remember he was in... I didn't realize he was in Bellator, though. Yeah, yeah, he fought, like, four fights. He's still under contract with them. I think he said he has, um... I think he has, like, two to three more fights left on his contract. And he said he wanted Lesnar to be one of his opponents. But he said he'd take Lesnar in either... Uh, MMA or WWE, he doesn't care. He just wants to go at him. Yeah, but I mean, in WWE, it's stupid because it's scripted. You're not going to really know who's better. I think Lashley's probably the better in-ring wrestler. Yeah, I think, like, they're both, they look like they're both in good shape, but I feel like Lashley's just, like, overall in better condition. Like, his body, he's able to do more. Now, do you think that Lesnar kind of walked away from MMA because of the money figure, or do you think that it was due to the... Because, honestly, think about when he was fighting before, like when he fought Carwin and Mir. Like, the testing pool was not like it is now. It's totally... It's way more strict now. Uh So do you think that, like, he kind of was like, damn, like, I got popped in this, uh, in his last fight when he fought, um, what the hell is his name? Uh, yeah, Mark Hunt. Do you think that you know he was like, man, I couldn't pass it then? Because like you have to worry about not only you know obviously you got the the hardcore stuff, but then you got anything that you intake, even at, like a protein can be tainted with stuff. Yeah, um, it could have, but you know, as as I said earlier, he, you know, he's been getting tested since January second, and if he got popped, they would have been known. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, he looks like he's clean. So I'm not going to say that that's definitely what it was. But you got to remember his, his history with, like, his health. He had two bouts with diverticulitis. He had about, like, a foot of his, his colon and intestines removed. Yeah. Due to that illness. Yeah, you know, it's tough on him. 
Yeah, I just look at like guys like uh, like everyone that watches UFC remembers Alistair Overeem, how he looked before yeah. Roy or when yeah. he was taking roids, and then when he or performance enhancing whatever you want to call it, and then he got off of it and he looks like a shell of himself now. Yeah, like when he first came over from like Strike Force, he was scary. Now he just looks like an average Joe. But like we didn't. He aged like ten years in two years. We didn't. We didn't see that drop off with Lesnar though. Like to me, like yeah, he no. might be a little skinnier, but he still looks like a physical yeah. specimen, you know. Yeah. Um. So and you that, didn't see that drop off in his performance either. The only drop off you ever saw in his MMA performance was when he was actually sick. Like when when uh, Overeem kicked the crap out of him. Yeah, he didn't, was sick, didn't he get knocked out um, like with via like a body kick or, or something yeah, like that? Yeah, body kick right in the stomach, and you know, that's where he was like, that's where he had his illness. So he's gonna, you know, he's gonna go down. And that was Overeem, Roy Overeem. Yeah, yeah, that was Roy Overeem. I think he got busted after that fight, actually. Could have been. I just I remember how like because I remember you hyping him up like, dude, look at this guy, and I was like, holy god. Yeah, because I dude, I was following that. I. I like you always say, man, I've been I've been watching UFC and MMA since like the golden days with like Randy Couture and Tito Ortiz originally. Um, I, I dabbled in Pride when it was still around, and I followed Strike Force. Alex Overeem was probably the best fighter in the world outside of Fedor Emelianenko from like 2005 to 2013. He didn't lose one fight, bro. Now, so. I, I don't know, like, so sticking in, like, the heavyweight division, I wanted to also ask, so did you watch UFC this past weekend or no? I did not. So, did you see anything about the Greg Hardy fight? I heard that he won. Dude, the guy that he fought, so everyone's saying, like, the fight is scripted. I will yeah. never say a UFC fight is scripted. It's not scripted. Um, I will say that Dana White gave Greg Hardy the most favorable opponent that you could ever get. Like he wanted he wanted to make sure 100% that Greg Hardy won this fight. And those of you that yeah. don't know, um, just to give everyone before we dive into it before just to give everyone a background. So Greg Hardy, yes, the former football player that got, you know, kicked out of the league, domestic violence, all that stuff. Um, he got disqualified or no whatever in his first fight uh due to an illegal knee to the head um and but before he got disqualified you saw he was struggling with that guy oh yeah he was getting he was getting destroyed that guy had a better stand-up game he was an all-around better better fighter obviously he, he was yeah. very good on the ground um at least very good compared to greg hardy i wouldn't say he was like very good for the heavyweight division but yeah. he was good, good first opponent and first test for Hardy, and so yeah, Hardy, yeah, and and Hardy threw an illegal knee and ended the fight, um, and so every fighter like came out and said this guy needs to not be in the UFC for one, but if he's gonna fight again, he needs to be on like the fight pass fights where you know only yeah. people who have fight pass can see it; they're not televised. Um, and yet Dana White threw him in another co-main event on live TV. And Greg Hardy did win this fight, but and he won via knockout. But the opponent that he fought, one, they trained together all the time. Um, and from what I understood, this was the only guy that would accept a fight against Hardy. And so um, basically he took the fight. 
and he basically got hit once after trying to shoot for two takedowns and just laid down and that was it. He didn't want to fight anymore. That's, that's ridiculous. But you know what? You, you see that. You have been seeing this with Dana White and signing the big name guys. Like when he brought CM Punk over. Mm-hmm. He recruited Mickey Gall because he thought Mickey Gall was going to suck. And Mickey Gall turned out to be actually a decent prospect. And then his second fight CM Punk had, he got some bum off the streets. And CM Punk still lost. Yeah. And, and I think that, honestly, if, if I'm Dana White, I'm saying, okay, you have one more shot. If this is this is being generous. All right. If I'm Dana yeah. White, I'm probably not giving him another chance because, I mean, Greg Hardy is, we all know in, in, in any combat sport, there's always that puncher's chance, you know. Mm-hmm. But ultimately, if a guy is in the UFC, you cannot be one-dimensional. Like, the, yes, no. you have your boxers, but you need to have some sort of other... You need to be able to clinch at least. Like, you need to have some other skill that you can that you can go to. It's very hard to be one-dimensional. We don't see too many guys that are one-dimensional make it in the UFC. Um, Not anymore, no. So, Greg Hardy is one-dimensional. He and, and really, he's just a wild striker. I wouldn't even say he's a good boxer. He's just strong. Um, yeah. And so, He's a street fighter, just like Kimbo Slice was. Yeah, and so if if I'm Dana White and I do give this guy another chance, I'm saying, okay, you can fight. I think he fought Crowder. You can fight Crowder, run it back. If you win, you get another shot. If not, you're done. I, I think, wouldn't even bring him back for that, man. Like he shouldn't be main event, co-main eventing. He's no. stealing the shine from other fighters like Mike Perry and Alex Oliveira. I heard that fight was amazing. And that fight was crazy. Like, that fight should have been the co-main event. Um, Oliveira is awesome to watch. I mean, his, his chin is unreal. Perry's chin is unreal. That fight was awesome. Um, but, yeah, I mean, there's no way Greg Hardy should have been in the co-main event. The liter- literally, the only reason why he's going to stick around is because he's, yeah, he's going to draw attention because... People, honestly, he's going to draw attention because people don't like him. Yeah, so that notorious name factor. He has that, he has that brand to him. You yeah, know, the, so like... The, the fact that nobody likes him, but they're still going to watch. Like, I'm the type of guy I hate Greg Hardy, but I'm going to watch because I'm going to hope that he gets knocked out. Yep. So regardless yep. whether you win or lose, I'm still kind of supporting him because I'm watching it. But yeah. I want to see him lose. <laughs> so, uh... Well, maybe, maybe UFC drops him in Invicta signs. Uh, I don't think I don't know I think that he has if, a better if you, if you didn't catch that joke Invicta's all women's fighting Oh I didn't Oh it is? Yeah there's no men Oh I didn't know <laughs> Damn that's That's a woman beater joke If you didn't know Yeah that's cold yeah. I, I did not know Invicta was only women But that does make yeah. sense Because every time I see it Advertised I never see any dudes In the advertisements No they only have uh, Guys as like the refs And the they have um, ring boys instead of ring girls. Elias Theodoro, who's fighting this weekend, was a ring guy. Nice. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that, that's kind of my rant on UFC. I will say, did you see Jack Hermanson, dude? Oh, man. Yo. He, yo, he's been, you know, he's been winning decisions and whatnot, but he's beating some names. Dude, he, he destroyed Jacare Souza. On the ground at his own game. Yeah, I mean, Hermanson I did, I is... I saw highlights of that fight, so, yeah, I saw this one. But, he, man, he's been taking guys out. In the latest rankings, he's in the top five now. He deserves to be. 
for good reason. And he's yeah. he's like one of those guys. He's very well rounded. He can do almost everything. It was uh, rankings and all that. Did you see uh, Chris Weidman at all saying that he's gonna he's gonna be the one that destroys Israel out of Sanya? <laughs> yeah, right. I, I can't stand Chris Weidman. I've never liked him. He's gonna yeah, get hit on the top of the head again and get knocked yeah. out. I can't stand him, man. Dude, yeah, I'm I not. I'm not a Weidman fan. Uh, did you? Oh, Luke Rockhold can't stand. I got another another funny quote for you. Did you see that Greg Hardy said, "I'm coming for John Jones and Daniel Cormier." I'd love to see them just pick him apart. Pick him apart. Yeah, I mean, I hate Daniel Cormier, but I would root for Daniel Cormier in that fight. Yeah, I hate Cormier. I, I, I'm not gonna say I hate him. I dislike him. Yeah, I guess hate is a strong word, but. Yeah. Like if he just let if he just let his fighting do his talking, I'd be fine with him. But like the way he talks shit, I hate it. Yeah, I would agree. Like he tries too hard to be like John Jones. Yeah, I think, dude. Honestly, when he's just himself, I think he's funny. Yeah, without a doubt, I think that he's kind of he's grown on me a little bit more lately because he's not in all the headlines. Yeah. Like he's not. He doesn't really have. He has one thing to prove, and that's if he can beat John Jones. That's it. Yeah, and he keeps saying that steroids and performance enhancers are the only reason he's losing. Or losing, sorry. I kind of had a stroke there. Um, but he's been outclassed in every fight. Yeah, I don't... Steroids are not. Yeah, I don't think that... You look at the, the fights. I mean, John Jones is just more technical. He's just better than him. He's not... I wouldn't yeah. say he's a better wrestler. He's just a smarter fighter. He, he's That's a it. more well-rounded fighter. That. We saw that in the you know, now the no contest fight between them, but when he knocked him out with the head kick, yeah, I mean, he, he just said in the post fight interview, he said we watched film and we broke it down, and my coach and I, Greg Jackson, we sat and said by the third round, Daniel gets tired carrying his right hand up, so that left his chin open for a head kick, and that's exactly what happened. Yeah, and he got knocked out. So that's just film watching. That's not steroids. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I. I... It is, but it is though. I mean, I I don't like the whole... I hate that John Jones is always going to have that asterisk next to his name because of all that, but at the, like end, of, at the end of the like day... Yeah, at the end of the day, John Jones is still, steroids or not, the greatest UFC fighter of all time. Like, not even... Not, not even just UFC fighter, just overall mixed martial art talent. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's awesome. So, I mean, Cormier... And, like, honestly, if I'm Cormier, you're kind of like... Hey, at least if I lost, at least I lost to the best. You know, he's got one loss, yeah. really two in my opinion, but two against the greatest in the world. Like, yeah. it's kind of like Rumble Johnson. Like Anthony Rumble Johnson was always considered one of the greatest, I think, knockout artists in in the UFC yeah. and and one of the best and, fighters. And he wasn't, yeah, because he's not one dimensional, like you said. You know, he's got that wrestling background, so he has the, de- the like the wrestling defense. He just the the hump he, he could not get over the Daniel Cormier hump. Nope, that he was, lost to him twice, and the second time was, like, embarrassing. It looked like he kind of just gave up. Yeah, I mean, and, and it, it is what it is. Like, there's no excuses. I mean, Daniel yeah. Cormier, like him or not, is one of the greatest in the world and one of the greatest to ever do it. So, I mean, yeah. you can't you can't sit there and make excuses. And so that I think that's what gets me with Cormier is, you know, he doesn't just take the losses on the chin and just say whatever. He's a baby about it, about his bosses. That's what I don't like. Like, if you're going to be the GOAT, 
carry yourself like it. Be like, if you lose, run it back, bro. Go earn your way back to the top. You know what I'm saying? Don't be, ah, oh, you die. It's drugs. That's the lie. Yeah. Speaking of uh, the GOAT, the GOAT is fighting this weekend. Cowboy. My man, Cowboy. Cerrone's. Um, He's going against Ayakita, right? Yeah, that fight is going to be bonkers. Ayakita's talking some some doo-doo. He always does. He said that uh, he's going to make sure Cerrone um, gets a nice retirement party or something like that, man. Bro, Cerrone's not retiring anytime soon. No, I think we all know that. I was just saying, like, Cerrone's trying to go for the belt one last time. Yeah, I... Cerrone is the underdog in this, but it's close. I I'm, think Cerrone's gonna win. I I'm, really do. I'm hyped for that fight. I'm like, I'm watching that one. You got Brunson and Theodora, which is gonna be great. You got Swanson and Burgos. I love Cub Swanson. I hope he turns it around because he's kind of been on a slide. It's not even that he's been putting up bad fights though. He's been putting on entertaining fights. He just comes on the wrong end of them. Yeah, and then uh, the, the other dude that's fighting is, uh, I have a hard time pronouncing his name. I know who he is, though. It's Valishvili, Valishvili. He's a stud, dude. He's going to be good. I, I don't know who that is. Yeah, is, is Peter Jan fighting, or Petra Jan? Petra, I don't think he's on this card. I think he is on the follow, I think he's on the pay-per-view card. Okay. With, next, um, next yeah, the, the Rose um, card. Nama Yunus? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. I'm checking it right now. But yeah, I'm pretty sure like, that he's on uh, the... Elias Theodoro? You said that fight's going to be great. Yeah, I, I, I don't like Theodoro, bro. I, I hope Brunson knocks him out. Really? You don't like him? Nah, I, I, I don't like him. I uh, feel like he's such a pretty boy. I, it's, I don't know. I lied. Petra Jan isn't on this. I know he's on a card coming up, though. Yeah, and somebody... Uh, I think MMAfighting.com, the Instagram, posted like a... Uh, a quote by him. He said that he's looking to murder his next opponent or something in the ring. I was like, geez, that's a little aggressive. Bro, BJ Penn is fighting on this Rose Nami Yunus card. <laughs> he's, BJ, just stop. He's fighting a he's fighting the carpenter, Clay Guida. Uh, you know what? That might be a good fight though. Dude, Guida is the heavy favorite. Like, it's minus five hundred. <laughs> I think they fought each other like I wanna say seven years ago. I'm pretty sure this is like the second time they're fighting. That fight's gonna. That card's gonna be pretty decent. I love Jared Cannonier at the new weight class, and he's fighting. Who's that? Uh, Jared Cannonier. Oh yeah, that's the guy that's supposed to fight Anderson Silva, right? Yeah, he's fighting Silva uh, next weekend. On the pay per view. Yeah, it's. I think that's gonna be sick. But. What on, was he fighting at before? Two hundred five or one seventy? He was at a heavyweight at one point. Then he went wow. down to light heavyweight, and now what is Silva? Middleweight? 85, 85, yeah. So, well, yeah. I don't know, because Silva floats, bro. He floats. Sometimes uh, he does 85, sometimes he does 205. No, he's not fighting 205, though. Uh, yeah. It's middleweight. Because remember that catchweight fight with Cormier? He, fought, he was 197 for that fight. Yeah. And uh, he just looked doughy as all hell, bro. He looked fat. <laughs> he should have won that fight, honestly. Like, it was, it he was, was going to if Cormier didn't, like, Lay on him. Taking him down. Yeah. Yeah. But Cormier was smart about it. You know, we we can hate on him all we want. Hey, yeah, we all love Tyron Woodley though, because he fought smart, so we can't can't hate on it. Yeah. And I want and back to Cormier real quick. I want to give him more credit than I normally do. He's only five foot nine. Yeah. 
and fighting a heavyweight. He's tiny, and he's fighting guys that are like eight feet taller than him, and he's taking them out with ease. I think that's what was most imp- impressive with the Stipe fight is he won that fight in the clinch. Like, yeah. he he was able... I mean, I guess it is easier for a shorter dude to win in the clinch because your arms are shorter. But, I mean, he got inside and, and <laughs> knocked him out. That was that was impressive because we also haven't seen Stipe get knocked out like that. No, but we have seen Stipe been, be repetitively, you know, tested. So I, I, people keep saying that Stipe is the greatest heavyweight of all time, but you continuously saw him get tested. If you're the GOAT, you're fighting dudes and you're outclassing them continuously with a, a, a tough fight here and there. They just you're not every fight is going to be tough. You know what I mean? They classify the greatest of all time just based on title defenses. Title defenses. So yeah. if that's the case, nobody's going to ever touch Anderson Silva ever or John Jones ever. No, without a doubt. I mean, John Jones is John Jones has defeated himself uh, and lost the title to himself more than he has anybody else. <laughs> yeah. So he's technically still undefeated, John Jones. Yeah. He has a disqualification as a loss, and that's to Matt Hamill. Yeah. Um, Who I ran into at Cluck U not too long ago. Did you? Yeah, man. That's He's a local guy. I didn't know that. Yeah, he fights out of Jersey. He's still fighting? Yeah, he fights uh, some, like, no-name brands. But he did tweet Dana White not too long ago. He <laughs> said, uh, if you're looking for somebody to step in and fight, blah, 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 blah I'm ready to go. Just give me a call. <laughs> he's away to respond, obviously. Hey, man, he's always going to be known as the guy that has the win. The, the, he gave John Jones the one L in the loss column. He's the one in 21 and one. Yep. Paul Heyman, how you doing? Um, nah, how many wins does John Jones have now? I think it's like 24, right? 23? It's a lot. Let me look. By the way, guys, we're, we're, totally, we're totally winging this, so, like, I'm not, I don't have anything, any list or anything like that. <laughs> John Jones is twenty-four and one. Twenty-four and one. He's got Yo. ten wins by knockout, six by submission, and eight by decision. Twenty-six and one. How about that? It's impressive. It is. He should be twenty-seven and zero and one. Actually, he should just be twenty-eight and zero. Uh, did you see that? Uh, I know this is off topic, but did you see that the? Uh, the players of the month for baseball were released. Cody Bellinger and Tim Anderson. I literally just looked at that. I was trying to clear the uh, <laughs> the notifications. <laughs> yeah. Dude, this guy Cody Bellinger just had the greatest month in baseball history. Dude, four, 14 gets, dingers. <laughs> bro, not even that. He gets no attention whatsoever because all his games are on the West Coast. And here on the East Coast, you don't hear nothing about him because all their games are at 10 o'clock. Yeah. He's hitting, dude, he's hitting 434. He actually rose his average the other day from 426 to 434. And it's... He has 14 home runs. He's the first Major League Baseball player ever to have more than 35 RBIs by the end of a month. It's crazy, too, because he had a bad... I'm not going to say he had a bad year last year, but he was... He was... Uh, I would say he had, he had a no way, injury last year. Yeah, he had a worse year than his rookie year. And yeah. he's come out, holy God. I mean, the dude is, the kid is a stud. He is really whole, good. That entire Dodgers, I think they're going to win it this year. I think this is the year. No shit. This is the year because that entire team, they, every person has to revitalize themselves. Jack Peterson's back. Alex Verdugo's living up to hype. 
Uh, Max Muncie, he's the same player, basically. Corey Seager's back. The only person, the only, like, downfall is catching because they lost Grandall. Yeah. But, you know, I don't... But I don't like, that entire team is just they, stacked. To me, I, to I look at their... Again. I just look at their pitching, though, and they all struggle in the playoffs every year. Well, they're all struggling right now in general, except Kershaw. Yeah, I mean, we, we're seeing a lot of guys this year that are, like, normally studs that are really struggling. DeGrom, yeah. Syndergaard, although Syndergaard had Sale. a really good game today. Sale, Kluber now is out. He, uh, he broke his forearm, so he's done for a while. Did you watch that video? No, I didn't see it. How? He just kept a straight face. Like, he didn't even flinch. Ball smacked him on the arm, snapped his oh. ulnar. And he didn't even flinch. And the doctor was, like, grabbing his arm and squeezing it, and he didn't even say anything. That's nuts. Some guys just, I don't know, they just got that, that adrenaline effect where they just don't feel pain. It's crazy. Yeah. I'm really, uh, I'm hyped for Tim Anderson, though. I really love Tim Anderson. I, I guess this is finally the year, you know, that they've been telling us to expect. Yeah. Because he's been he's supposed to have been that guy for the White Sox, and now he's finally doing it, and this is, what, his fifth year? Yeah. Uh, I don't know about – I want to say it's his fourth year, but his third full, because he, he came yeah. up halfway uh, yeah. for his rookie year. But and, he's, well, the guy that plays next to him is finally playing well, too. Montada, he's showing up. Yeah, I mean, the White Sox, they, they made a mistake by trying to invest money in Alonzo and John Jay to get Machado. Because mm. Alonzo's been terrible, and John Jay hasn't even played. I think they're both DFA candidates. They'll both either get traded or cut. Yeah, I just don't... I think they but, like, like having... The White Sox, that, that was the move to make, though, to try to get Machado to go there. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't, I'm not going to say... It's like one of those, if they sign Machado, it's a great move. If they don't, it's kind of like... I mean, I don't think they gave him that much money that it's going to hurt them financially going forward, but, I mean, it's like one of those. It's They were doing everything they could to... Yeah, and they just couldn't do it. No. Um, but you know what they could do now? They could still get Kimbrel. They could still get Keuchel. Just, you know, add more people to that team. Well, and that division's bad. Yeah, I so mean, that's why I'm saying like they got to sign those two and capitalize on it, dude. Dude, if they get Craig Kimbrell, they easily have one of the best back ends of that bull, of bullpen in baseball. Oh, yeah, Alex I Colome, mean... Kelvin Herrera, and Kimbrell? Come on, nobody's touching that. I mean, Cleveland was my pick to win that division, and they're doing yeah. terrible. I mean, And the Twins are on fire right now, like the lineup is, other yeah. than Marwin Gonzalez. Clearly, everybody can hit the ball except Marwin. So, and I, I, I had the drop for my fantasy team. I applauded that pickup because I love Marwin Gonzalez. So do I, because he can play everywhere. And it's when he, he's shown in the past where if you're like, you give him like the 500 at-bats a year, like a full-time player, he shows production. And this year he's nothing. Put him back on in I, Houston. Dude, I think as soon as Miguel Sano's good to go, Marwin Gonzalez might get designated for assignment or just benched in general and just used as a utility guy. Yeah, but you can't put all your marbles in on uh, Sano either, though. I mean, they he's... He, they said he's in good shape right now, so... He made a complete free fall. Like, that man was yeah. an all-star to... He was non-existent the last two years. 
Here's Pablo Sandoval. Yeah, I would say yes. Whenever- and now the Twins have two Pablo Sandovals in uh, Williams Estudio, La Tortuga. I love that guy. Oh, me the too. The catcher that plays third base too. Yeah. He's good. He's, he's good. He's fast. Yeah, for a big guy, he's very fast. He's got a. He's got a. What the fuck? Holy. Whoa, you just cursed on the podcast. Um, I did, but that's because the truck driver in front of me likes to slam on his brakes. Way to go, buddy. Um, stupid. There's your first traffic jam of the the podcast. Asta Dio or whatever, however you pronounce his name. Uh, He has a brother in the Mets organization. Does he? They look exactly the same. Oh, yeah, there it is, the horn honk. Um, that's Jersey traffic for you, dude. Yeah, I'm a, it doesn't help that I'm an angry driver either. Yeah, no, I'm not. I'm not looking forward to when we carpool because it's like driving in a NASCAR vehicle. Not, no, 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 I don't drive fast anymore. I don't. I promise. We'll because see. Driving fast kills my gas, which also kills my pocket. So. Well, you don't have you don't have the newer vehicles that have the. It tells you, like, so it's a line, and then if you're in the green, you're getting good gas yeah. mileage. That yeah, thing, yeah. it helps. Dude, I know. My brother Bobby has one. He has it in his, uh, what does he have? A Honda, uh, I think he has a Civic. His new Civic, it's, it's nice. It's like a 2015, 2016. Actually, it might be even a 2017. But he has the lights around the steering wheel, and it tells you, like, how efficient you're being. Yeah. It's, it's nice. It helps, because I have one in mine, and I, I like it. It helps a lot. You gotta, well, also, the newer version of my car also has uh, a, a battery, like an electric battery, and it uses that like every 20 miles. It just kicks on by itself. Yeah, I think my aunt's neighbor used to have one of them. They moved, so I don't yeah. know if they still have it, but yeah, that's pretty cool, too. Uh, remember when we were driving in your car and it just stopped working? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we got stuck. Dude, we we were stuck for like a good three hours because we had to wait for Ted to come save us. We worked and like a 16-hour to... shift that day. Yeah. Yeah, we were, we were driving to the hotel, and then I got lost, of course. And I turned down the cul-de-sac or whatever, and I'm trying to K-turn, and it just locked. I don't know what happened. Yeah. And it took forever for your car to get fixed. You were without a car for a while. Uh, like two and a half weeks. It took yeah. two and a half weeks for them to fix it, and all they had to do like, it was the thing you YouTubed to like fix it, so we could have fixed it. Yeah, it's all like they had a to switch. Do is take the side panel off and flick the switch. Yeah, it's like a switch thing. Yeah. Yeah, man, YouTube knows everything. You can go to YouTube, and it'll tell you how to do everything. It's amazing. Well, I, I just wasn't chancing it, because I just got the car. Oh, yeah, I, I understand, and... So, I mean, hey, it worked out. We're still here. I was so pissed. Dude, we, <laughs> oh, fuck. Dude, we were stuck for a long... And we were in a... Good thing we were in a nice neighborhood. <laughs> That's all I have yeah. to say. Yeah, because we were going to go out to dinner, too. We were going to go out to get something to eat. Yeah, Ted was so mad. <laughs> well, I would be, too. The guy just had to drive all the way to Pennsylvania and then all the way back down to work at 11.30, 12 o'clock at night. Dude, I think it was like 12. I think we worked till like 11.30. Yeah, we were building, yeah, I can't say who or what we were doing, but... Working, that's yeah. all that matters, we were working. We, we were twerking for that dollar. 
Oh, uh, this just got released. Pitchers of the month: Tyler Glass now, and no, Luis Castillo. So. Yeah, remember you said uh, Tyler Glass now was ass. Dude, I've been so so. I was I will say like we've been right on a lot of things, but I have also whiffed on a couple. Like I whiffed I on, right on Glass now. Just saying. I whiffed on Glass now because he looked terrible in spring training. I yeah. whiffed on um, Meadows. Was it Meadows? Austin Meadows, yes. Whiffed on him. Um, trying to think who I told else. I you the Rays were going to win that division this year. I still don't think they're going to win the division. Uh, I don't know. Their lineup is scary, and they just called up their top prospect at first base. I think the Yankees have a shot once all those guys come back. Um, well, obviously, because, you know, it's Murderer's Road, number two, basically. Yeah, I mean, I, I like I like the Yankees' chances. I think that right now, just them staying afloat. I mean, Luke Voigt is Luke Voigt is putting that team on his on his back right now. So, I like where the Yankees stand. I, I mean, I'm not gonna go too much into it because I mean, they did just drop the series, the two game series to the Diamondbacks, though, which kind of sucks. Yeah, but they were six and three on their road trip. That's not bad. No, I mean, I think the and I think the Diamondbacks are pretty solid. Like, I like them. I think they're all right, so I don't I don't mind losing to them, but I think the Yankees, well, I don't know. The Yankees have a lot of injuries, so I don't know if they are a better team right now than what the Diamondbacks really are. We don't know who the Yankees are due to these injuries. Yeah, for sure. And now it's starting to catch up to other teams. I mean, the Mets have had injury issues. The Phillies got so many injury issues. I mean, we're seeing like just so many dudes going out with, with injuries all over the place. Yeah. I mean, the Red I, Sox, but... But for the Red Sox, the injuries have been proven to be good. You know, they're better with... I don't want to say they're better without the guys that are currently injured, but you're seeing Michael Chavis establish himself as a future second baseman for the Red Sox. I would say the Red Sox are a better team when Pedroia's on the IL because is not good anymore. I don't want to even say that he's not good. It's just that, like, he comes back for one game and then he's on the... Um, I, I feel some discomfort. Bro. Like, if that's... If that's what you're gonna do for the rest of your career, just retire. Hang it up. Just hang it up, dude. I love Pedroia. Troy like, Troy Tulowitzki last night he was removed from the game after the first inning or something like that. He just got off the disabled list. I know. <laughs> oh man, it's it's amazing. Like some of these guys, like you you would think they're probably not soft. It's just they're, they're glass, man. They just cannot just stay healthy. Down, man. That's nuts. That's crazy to me. Because those two were like, at one point in time, they were both seen as the best player in baseball in their respective leagues. Pedroia in the AL and Troy Tulowitzki for the Rockies in the NL. Yeah. Like, everybody thought Petey was going to be the next, you know, freaking Roberto Alomar or something because he won the MVP he won the rookie of the year the year like before that. They just won a World Series in 07. He carried them through that. And then just he was great, but he just you know died down. I don't know. It it's you know, I mean it sucks because those guys were so fun to watch, but I mean yeah. Tulowitzki's been like this for a while, Pedroia's been like this for a while, and I'm kind of it sucks because like the Yankees are going when all these guys come back, they're going to have to make decisions. And right now, I don't feel comfortable with the Yankees sending down or trading Urshela. The man has seven doubles Dude, already. Who they're going to get rid of right here. I'm going to tell you. It's going to be, like you said, it's going to be a hard choice. 
Number one, talking. Bye. See you later. Yep. Number two is going to shock you. Brett Gardner. Bye-bye. That doesn't... He's only well, getting 2-11. He's gone. He, he does, is gone at this point. That doesn't shock me. It's, it, I, I think it's going to shock Yankee fans just for the fact that he's been a Yankee for so long and everybody loves him. I don't think they'll do it for that reason, but... They need to. He's just taking up a spot. You can't... Well, I'm okay... Well, I don't know, actually, because... And Clint Frazier has proven himself to be who they thought he was. Well, Clint Frazier needs to play every day in left field, without a doubt. Yes, Um, without a doubt. But to me, like, all right, they got to keep Talkman because he's the Red Sox killer, though. Yeah, dude, come on. <laughs> Talkman's hitting below 200. Yeah, I'm not I, I'm not a big fan of him. I mean, he's all right right now, but also they got Tyro Estrada, who's played well. Yeah, so you, you're probably going to see, I think Wade or Frazier is going to get sent down, and either one of them is going to demand a trade to get out. Well, I think it's going to be Wade, because Wade has been terrible. Like, he's got, he's got, in the games he plays, he's good for a stolen base, which is great, but... He can't. He's not good. Like he, he's a very good defensive player. He cannot hit. Um, so uh, Frazier, there's no way Frazier's going down. Um, I just feel the Yankees struggle in making the tough, deci- the tough decisions, whereas the Red Sox are like, all right, we got to make a decision now. Like you saw last year, they cut Hanley Ramirez even though he was playing at an all-star level. Oh yeah, he got DFA'd again. He's done. Catcher and possibly starting catcher, and they cut him again to yeah, trade him. I, I think because that he fit their team. the Yankees so have a hard I time. Think, yeah, go ahead. The Yankees have a hard time getting rid of players they're partial to. Yeah, yeah, but I, I don't think the Red Sox do. I really think, like when it comes time, they'll cut Pedroia. You think, I think they'll do it. I think that they'll convince him to. Go out. I don't. I think that Pedroia wants to only be a Red Sox, and I think that if these injuries continue, they'll find a way to have him retire and be part of the team. Kind of like what yeah, the like Mariners did with Ichiro. Yes. Yeah. Or like a general manager's assistant or something. Because it's not like he's young. Like it's not like he's got tons of playing time left. Like he's thirty six. Based off the injuries and everything, like he's. His, he's done. Yeah, he's done. I mean, so I will agree with you, though. The Red Sox have no issue getting rid of players that they feel are dead weight. No, are, are they never have. They, they were quick to get rid of Manny Ramirez when all that was going down. They got rid of Pedro. They got rid of Nomar Garcia Parra the year they won the World Series. They got rid of Babe Ruth. They tra- Exactly. They have <laughs> never been. You know this is going back to 1918, bro. They, don't, they make the decisions that they need to make. I mean, it took them 86 years to pay up on that, but still, it was for better. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I agree. The they, Yan- they always make the decision. The Yankees need to make, like, Cashman, he's too partial to guys. Like, tolowitzki has been a Yankee for, like, four months, and I feel yeah. like Cashman feels like he's been a lifelong Yankee. Like, he's Probably. not He's not the good. Yeah. 
Yo, it's so funny. They Aaron Boone was asked about Jacoby Ellsbury, and they're like, yeah. he was like, yeah, lots of stuff has come up in his rehab. Don't expect to see him anytime soon. <laughs> Dude, he's not even hurt. No, he's not hurt. It's just nobody wants him. But the they're thing is, him not to play. the thing is, I think I'd rather have Ellsbury than Talkman. Yeah, I would too, 100%. Especially because you're paying him how much money. Yeah. Like, I think, that's, I think they're paying him like 25 a year, average. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I know maybe Ellsbury doesn't want to be a backup, but I'm sure he'd rather play than... Well, maybe not, because he's getting paid tons of money to not play. He's literally... Is he even playing in the minors? No, he's going to practice, and then he's getting paid millions of dollars. <laughs> then, then I'm not complaining. I'm not complaining. If I, can, if I don't have to travel with the team, and I don't have to take a bus everywhere in the minors, I'm cool. I'll I, sit at home with my kids. I think no he, I think he's living it up in their at their spring training facility. In Miami, Clearwater, Florida. Like how? That's fine. I'm chilling. I'm chilling. Yeah. I'm hitting the clubs every night. Me and my wife, we're we're going out. That's what's happening. Yeah, I mean, I was gonna gonna pay me twenty six. Okay, thank you. I was gonna say I think Ellsbury would rather play, but then I thought about it. I'm like, absolutely not. That's like being a backup quarterback. If they're paying you twenty five million dollars to do absolutely nothing, are you gonna want to play? No, and you have no pressure on you. You don't have to worry about people telling you you suck. Yeah, you don't got to worry about death threats from idiot Yankee fans. You don't got to worry about none of that. I agree. Um, we also picked the perfect time to do this podcast because the rookies of the month were released. Brandon Lowe wins rookie of the month, and Pete Alonzo wins Pete rookie of the month. Beast. Yeah. He's a monster. So those two guys win rookie of the month for AL and NL. And then the relievers of the month, this one's pretty impressive. Shane Green, former Yankee, um, and Kirby Yates. Um, so, yeah, both of them. Uh, Green's got 12 saves, which is best in the AL, and Kirby Yates has 14, which is the best in the yeah. baseball. Um, so those are the relievers of the month. And did you see that throw to second base by Francisco Mejia? Mejia? Yeah. He's got a cannon. Did you see the I've throw? No, but I've seen him throw before. No, you got to watch this throw. It was absolutely unreal. Like, he took his, his pop time was like a 1-6. Yeah, it was it was unreal. So they said uh, I watched the first Phillies game of the year on ESPN. I know we're dating ourselves a month now, but they were going over pop time with like JT Real Muto. His his average one is like one seven two, and the MLB average is like a two oh point oh five or something like that. Yeah, I mean Real Muto is a stud. Like, was a one six. That's crazy. Yeah, I mean, I love Gary Sanchez as far as his arm is concerned, but good lord, I don't think he's throwing a one six ever. I, I think he's closer to three seconds, and his arm's just so good against their best. <laughs> yeah, Dude, he's, he's just so lazy and dumpy behind the plate. Yep, but the dude mashes. I mean, he hit a massive home run the other day. That's dude. That's what I'm saying. Just put him at DH or first. Not not even first because Boyd's playing well. Put him at DH. Stanton, when he comes back, play left field. Dude, and Judge is a good enough fielder, and he's fast enough. He can play center field. Yeah, probably, but I like when Aaron Hicks comes back. I mean, Aaron Hicks is defensively the second-best center fielder in baseball. Third best, maybe. So where do you put Clint Frazier, then? You know what I'm saying? Left field. No matter where you look, but if they go with what I'm saying and just putting 
uh, Sanchez at DH and Stanton's playing thir- uh, left field, where's Frazier going to play if that's the case? They're never going to do that. They, they'll, they'll never do that. That's how they that. started the year, though, Stanton was playing left field. Yeah, but they also didn't have Frazier hitting, and um, I don't they I don't know. To me, they, they don't. Sanchez is their catcher. It's going to be that way for a long time, unless he continues to, to struggle behind the plate. But if he is a average to maybe a little bit below average catcher as far as blocking, but a way above average offensive hitter, that's the way the league's going nowadays. I mean, most of the time you say you sacrifice offense um, for the catcher and center field position, but the Yankees are, you know, they're a home run happy team. That's what they do, you know, so. Always. They always have been. So I, I, I think do, that they'll ride do that. Think, do you think Stan and Judge still hit 50? Not, th- even 40? not this year, no. You don't think they're going to hit 40? No. Wow. I How think, long is Judge out for? What's the update on him? They said, they said uh, there's no timetable for return. Dude, that's the thing with his injuries, bro. He's been having, like, serious injuries. It was his wrist. He was out for two months. Then he got shoulder surgery. That messed with him a little bit in the beginning. Like, he didn't miss time, but he struggled hitting. And now his oblique. Like, he has serious injuries. I'm going to say, I, well, I said this before, though. I'm cool with getting the the one injury out. He has one injury a year. Get this one out of the way. Come back, and let's play. Yeah. Um, But... I don't know. I see Stanton struggling this year. I do. I don't know why. I see him struggling. Um, I I see Judge coming back, but talk about Hunter Dozier. I want to talk about him, dude. I talked about Dozier uh, the other day. Hunter Dozier is a stud. He is. He just took a little while to develop. You know, he's what twenty-seven already. Yeah, and he plays a good third base. Yeah, everybody saw him. Hey, yeah, the, the Royals definitely thought he was supposed to be, you know, better than Moustakis. That's why they didn't resign him to a long deal. Yeah. Because they're like, it's Dozier's time, it's Dozier's time. But he just, you know, kept failing. But now he's finally... And you're seeing that a lot with the Royals guys. First it was Alex Gordon. Took him forever to develop. But he was good for like four years. He's bad again. No, he's he actually been he's actually been doing okay lately. Has he? Yeah. And then Lorenzo Kane took a while. Uh, Hosmer took a while. Mustakis took a while. You see that with the Royals. Now, do you think that's just like their farm director and his, you know, his vision and his planning for all these uh, prospects? What do you think that is? Why do you think it takes like the Royals players so long to develop? They pro- uh, well, it it all trickles down to your systems. You know what your system is, how quick you develop guys, and it it goes. It's basically so like you have that farms director that kind of is in charge of player development and. I mean, the the organization should really do the same thing from rookie ball all the way through to the majors as far as, you know, the training and everything like that. I mean, I would think it probably increases each level you get to. So it's, you know, it, it, you would think that it's it's still going to be intense at all levels, but as you get higher up, it's going to get more and more intense because the guys are getting older, they're getting stronger, they're getting, you know, bigger. Um, I would say it just has to do – I mean, obviously they, they produce – the play the players like they end up becoming good players um but i think that you know maybe their system is i'm not gonna say it's flawed it works but it just takes guys a little bit longer to develop plus you know how long has hunter dozier been in that system though was he drafted at a college or was he drafted at a high school because that also been there since he was like 
21, 22 yeah, years but, old. So that, that's, that's kind of average, though, because I would say – you know, most guys take four or five years to develop. Not every guy is going to be a Vlad Guerrero Jr. that they can come out of high school and and already hit professional pitching. You know, so that that matters too. I mean, not every guy is Chris Sale who came right out of college and played that same season. Not every guy is going to be Andrew Benintendi who came up what one year after being drafted out of college. Like, not every. Well, so was Chris Sale. Chris Sale was the closer for the White Sox. Um, that, dude, that's, that's stud status. Like, you're just getting drafted, and then you're in the minors for a month because the draft is in June. Yep. That's nuts to me. Well, that happened with, uh, I think that happened with Brandon Finnegan, too, who's, he. I think he's actually on the Royals now. He's fallen off. But he was with TCU and then went up and played for the Reds right away. Um, so, I mean, we see that a lot, but it really depends on, you know, where, where you're drafted. What, like, are you, are you a college guy? Are you a Juco guy? Are you a two year or three year college guy? Like, it really depends on, on when you get drafted. Cause I would say that the average age of player development is, you know, four to five years, but you know, like then you got guys that like Vlad Guerrero Jr. who, at 16 years old, he's probably honestly clo- he's a professional hitter at 16 years old. I mean, so well, they, they eat and sleep and breathe baseball down there. Oh yeah, without a doubt. But I mean, same thing goes with Fernando Tatis Jr. I mean, yeah. the kid is he's a, hurt now. yeah, he's hurt, and I don't know. Did did you uh, speaking of Vlad Guerrero Jr. Did you watch the the video of his dad? Like, obviously it was in Spanish, but. Did you watch the the video like he made for his son? Oh, uh, like the the tribute and saying like how proud he was of him. He said, "I gave you my name, but I didn't know I gave you my swing." That one. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It was pretty emotional. That was a tearjerker, man. that gave me goosebumps. That was awesome. Yeah. He also I said, think "I." My favorite photo ever is definitely Vlad Guerrero and his kid dressed out in the uh, the Expos unis and they're tipping their caps. Yeah. Love that photo. Yeah, uh, I mean, Vlad Guerrero was one of those guys that I think everybody liked. Like, you couldn't dislike him. And so, you know, I think his son is going to be that same way. Like, he, that that video was just awesome. That was probably one of my favorite videos ever, honestly. Do you think he ends up being as good, or if not better than his dad? I know it's way too early to tell, um, uh, but I, I think he could do the same. I think he could. I think he could be better. Honestly, I think that. I mean, his dad was amazing. Um, he he was the best bad ball hitter to ever play the game. I think. Um, I don't know. He stopped. Choi was pretty good at that too, bro. Yeah, but look, look who's uh, in the Hall of Fame and look who's not. Uh, yeah, I know. He stopped. Choi. <laughs> yeah, maybe in the Korean Baseball League. Um, Yo, don't don't poop on the KBO, man. Eric Thames hit three sixty five two years in a row there. Yeah, and look what he's done here. Nothing. Uh, hit nukes off of righties, but not lefties. Uh, yeah, that dude is massive, by the way. He needs to go into the WWE. Yeah. Um, you know, he, he took a picture next to Braun Strowman because Strowman was in Milwaukee for. Uh, he he just goes on. He loves baseball, so he just goes on like tours of stadiums. Mm-hmm. And uh, he throws out first pitches and stuff. So. The picture I saw was Strowman flexing and Thames flexing. The fact that Thames put up a fight and a flex off against Braun Strowman blew my mind. Yeah, and he's like, uh, 
Thames has got like a weird personality. Like if you ever have the chance, check out his Instagram. He's quiet, man. He's like a little weirdo. He's very weird. He's always got the weird facial hair going. Like he's had some weird looks in the past. He's he's out there. But um I think he'd make a good good character in WWE. Yeah, more football yeah, though. Yeah. More Some football. MMA. I think I think MMA is a closer crossover. That's why guys just do it. Oh yeah, and like if you play football, you're just an athlete. You know, like let's let's be honest. Like baseball players are athletes, but you can be not the best athlete and still be good at baseball. Premier like NFL football players, they're the best athletes in the world, hands down. You think over hockey? Yeah. I don't know. Hockey's pretty tough. I would, I, I, yeah, it's tough, but your feet are on the ground the entire time. You're not lifting your feet up. Yeah, I don't know. I, I'd say hockey because, like, I don't know. Have you ever been ice skating? Like, that stuff's hard. It's hard, yeah. And you're going at ridiculous speeds on top of cutting and stopping and then getting destroyed by people. I don't know. How many hockey players do you see that look like a, fo- a football player, though? Like physically. It's hard to tell though because they wear the bulkiest equipment. That that is one of the reasons, but you don't really see jacked out hockey guys. You don't. I mean, I would say I more of like them are athlete, taller and lanky. Yeah, athlete wise, I go I go football and then basketball players underneath them. Oh, see, I don't know though. Like, are we talking athletic, like the way they look, or being able to do other sports? Because I've known a do ton other of sports. See, uh, I've, we got. Duncan and Brandon at work last summer. Yeah, I and know. And fucking Kyle came out of oh, <laughs> water polo, guys. <laughs> no, no, he said polo. He didn't say water polo. Oh, polo. I was like, yeah, just shut up. Go in the corner. You never even played sports, kid. <laughs> he was, <laughs> dude, that day was, that's vivid in my mind. I, I just. entire conversation. I've known too many basketball players that cannot do anything else in other sports. Like, us baseball players, I could throw yeah, football the, good. The basketball I, players we know, like. Not to throw out any names, and I'm not trying to try to throw shade at anybody, but they're like their body types are like Kyle Kelly. You know what I'm saying? Like they look like Brandon Ingram. They're thin and they can't. They're Brandon. Oh man, I'm I'm losing. I might lose you. Oh, you lose. Yeah. Oh, I hear you perfectly fine. Yeah, I can hear you now. Oh, well, I said basketball players look like Brandon Ingram and Kyle Kelly. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I guess we do see guys like LeBron and stuff that that was yeah, a crazy like, athlete. Yeah, but you're seeing like new newer basketball players our age and the guys that are in high school now coming up. They're lanky and they're small. I they're not like fit specimens. Like dudes like Russell Westbrook, LeBron James, and Kawhi Leonard. They're some of the best athletes in the world. It's just funny because if you if you tell one of those guys to swing a baseball bat or throw a baseball, they look stupid doing it. It's hard to explain. Basketball players are going to be able to like transition to a different sport other than baseball because that's hand-eye coordination, and that's just crazy difficult to hit a baseball. It's almost it's mathematically impossible to do it, and that's been proven. Yeah. Uh, but I don't know. Just like what I'm saying with like football athletes, it's easier to transition through sports that aren't a sport like baseball. Yeah, I, I you know would. I would. I agree. I agree. I think 
looking for athletes that'll transition to baseball and succeed, golfers. Yeah. It's probably your best bet. Man, we gotta we gotta hit up the golf course and see how I can do on that. Oh, I'm I'm dying to go. I'm dying to go. Alright, well, I'm going to get ready to wrap this up. We're almost done with episode 43. I did just want to touch up on the NFL draft really quick, though. I'm not really going to go too much into it, because I'm going to be honest with you. I did not even watch it, because I was super busy. Um, not too much stuff. I will say this, you missed a good one. Yeah, I know. Um, the Giants, Giants faltered a bit with the Daniel Jones pick. But I will say this, and I said this on Twitter, but I just want to put this out there. And Luke can attest to it as far as when the Bears took Mitch Trubisky, I was not happy. And I will say this. I don't think Mitch Trubisky, you put him in another system, he's probably not a great quarterback. But you just got to trust your coach, trust that they know what they're talking about. And, you know, hopefully Daniel Jones works. You know, I like Daniel Jones. I think he's got a, a decent future in football. But they obviously saw what they wanted. They obviously like him. So you just got to kind of kind of hope that it works out. Um, so don't don't go and bash him on Twitter. Let Just hope he does well. In four or five years, if he sucks, then you can go back and bash him. But uh, I will say the Giants, I think they made a mistake. They should have taken Allen first. And then hopefully, I think Jones would have fell to them at 17. But, um, you know, it is what it is. But Giants fans, that's just coming from a Bears fan. Take it for what it's worth. Hopefully, you know, it'll work out. But you got to wait. You got to give it time. You can't just come out and say it was terrible because you don't know. Um, honestly, I think my favorite pick was the Broncos taking Locke. Honestly, I think that was a great pick. Um, I also, I give the Bears, you know, not just because they're my team, but I give them an A. I think that you got Khalil Mack and Miller based on those trades they made last year and then I really like Montgomery and I my favorite pick for them though was Riley Ridley that was an absolute steal so are you there Luke yeah I'm here I'm here uh you cut because we lost you for a little bit yeah um, I came back I, I was going through the uh the bridge yeah yeah I figured you were you were close to there we'll probably lose you soon though because you're going to be getting close to uh the the water gap nah I'm in Stroudsburg man Oh, I didn't know you were back all the way there. I, oh, I just pinned my location. That's dangerous. Oh, yeah. All 15 listeners are going to come find you, and most of them probably know where you live anyway already. <laughs> um, That's not good. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I mean, I, I like what the Bears did. Um, there was uh, tw- quite a bit of trades. I mean, we all knew Kyler Murray was going to go first. Rosen goes to the Dolphins, which I liked. Um Sucks for Ryan Fitzpatrick, but it gives Fitzpatrick more time to work off that birthday cake. Um, other than that, though, yeah, I mean, I didn't watch much of the draft. There isn't much going on in the NFL. Um, the Tyreek Hill situation is weird. I don't think I want to touch on that too much today. Um, I'd rather do that another episode, but I do think Tyreek Hill needs to be released. And his, I think his NFL career, you know, if, if they did it to... If they did it to Kareem Hunt, which we've said, they need to do the same. And I think, you know, as much as beating women is terrible, I think beating a child and breaking their arm and punching them in the chest is probably worse. Because um, a child... Yeah, dude, that honestly, that, that just makes me angry. Yeah, especially a three-year-old, man. Like, they're defenseless. That makes, like, 
coming back from that, man. Like, they're, you're on video. Everybody clearly knows it's you. And your wife or fiance or whatever she is to you, you threaten her to be scared. And she says on the tape that you always punch the kid. You tell him to put his arms down and open his chest. And you punch him as hard as you can. He's three years old, dude. Yeah, that's just, it's sickening. It's like people that, that beat animals. Like, they're defenseless. Like If uh, I ever saw Tyreek Hill in person, I'd probably punch him in the face. Yeah, I don't, I don't, the whole thing is messed up. To me, like, he needs to be released by the Chiefs, and then he needs to, he's not going to get, no team can sign him from that. Because I think that that is, at some of the lowest stuff we've seen, it was on audio, so it, we all know that it happened. Um, you know, so... We'll see how the NFL handles that. I mean, sometimes they handle it well. Other times it's a complete disaster. So that'll be interesting. But um, the Chiefs and the Chiefs already made moves to replace him. They drafted a receiver who's basically of the same skill set. He had the fastest 40 time, I think, this year um, in the draft. So Nicole Henderson or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. So they're already trying to get someone to um, take over that because, I mean, they're going to be without Hill. I don't see him coming back. So. Uh, other than that, though, yeah, like not too much stuff. We saw a lot of guys sign one-year or one-day contracts. Jamal Charles retired. Jonathan Stewart retired. Um, Derek Johnson retired. Uh, so lots of one-day. I didn't see that one. Yep, he, he retired today, one-day contract with the Chiefs. So lots of lots of guys retiring that, I mean, Jamal Charles wasn't going to get a job. Um, Jonathan Stewart was done. He was done last year after he got hurt with the Giants. So, I mean, I think that, you know, we kind of all saw those coming. The only other thing I got to say is Christian McCaffrey is going to be my first pick in fantasy. That man looks jacked out of his mind. Uh, oh my god, he's ready. He's ready to to- uh, tote the the ball for multiple times during the game. Do you? All right, I'm going to ask you a question about him. Do you think he's actually good, or do you think he's only good because he's the only player on that team? No, he's, he's good. I had him in fantasy. That dude was over 150 yards almost every game between receiving and but rushing. But he's the only one touching the ball. Uh, that's not totally true. I mean, they had they had Moore had a decent season. They had... Um, they had... Uh, I mean, Greg Olson was hurt, so he didn't really play much. Um, I don't know. Like, I think that they had other weapons. Not, not great. Devin Funches played a little bit. I mean... But he's such a playmaker. Why wouldn't he be the focal point of the offense? I mean, he's he's just a very good player. I mean, he's touching the ball 30 times a game between receiving and rushing. I mean, I don't think he's a guy that can run between the tackles every single play. Like, I do think that they have to limit his touches in that way. It's kind of like, like, I wouldn't be comfortable with the Bears giving Tariq Cohen the ball 40 times a game. Um, he's just not built for that. But... Yeah, I think McCaffrey's really good. And I had him in fantasy last year, and he was an absolute stud. So I really like McCaffrey, and I, I like what the Panthers are doing. Um, and I really like the Colts signing Spencer Ware. That happened, and I like that too because he gives them uh, some power uh, to go in with Hines and Mack. Um, yeah, that's really it. I don't really have anything else for football. There really hasn't been much since the draft. I mean... 
It's going to be, I can't wait for football to start. That's it. I mean, I'm ready for it to start now. The drafts happen. We know what the Bears got. Um, they replaced Bryce Callahan with Duncan Shelley uh, to learn behind Buster Scrine. And Luke's home, so it's perfect time to end the podcast. How'd you know I was home? <laughs> Your door's beeping. Uh, I was gonna, my, I was gonna introduce my dog Natty. I'm at my parents. She uh, jumped in the car. So that's gonna be it, though, for episode 43. It was nice to be back. Uh, hopefully next week we should definitely get two episodes out. And this is kind of how it's gonna go. We're not gonna go with you know the list anymore. We're just gonna kind of go by what we want to talk about. Makes it more fun. Bounce questions off each other, and it's just. It's more fun for me this way. It's not so scripted It's and boring. So um, other than that, though, have a good uh, weekend, everybody, and we will see you hopefully next Tuesday. See you later. Peace out.